0: Across the internet, this is the Big Skills Discovery live. From City College Plymouth. Presented by Jackie Grubb. big skills discovery send us your comments by twitter at city plym and follow us on facebook and linkedin search for city college plymouth this is the big skills discovery live from city college plymouth
1: Good morning and welcome to the Big Skills Discovery Live. Well, during the next two hours, we will be welcoming a range of guests to talk through an issue that's quite high on all of our agendas right now, the skills gap. So whether you're a large, medium or small business, we all need the workforce with the right skills to make the demands of changing world around the growth going forward. So... Where are the skills gaps and how can we get the right staff with the right skills in the right place? Well, the big discovery is just going to do that. Please take a moment to complete this big skills discovery survey and tell us about the skills you need now and going forward. And there's a QR code. So if you can scan the QR code on the screen, that will be absolutely brilliant. Please, please get involved in the conversations this morning. You can do so by commenting on social media and asking questions. And our team will be monitoring your comments and we will pick them up throughout the programme. And before we get started, I would also like to take a moment to really, really thank the Devon and Plymouth Chamber of Commerce who are restreaming our live podcast through their own social media to help us reach as many businesses as possible? So, whilst you're watching, here's how to get in touch.
0: Join in the big skills discovery. Send us your comments by Twitter at CityPlim. And follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn. Search for City College Plymouth.
2: Yes, hello there. I'm not Jackie Grubb. Um, (laughs) My name's Paul Philpott. I'm the M.D. here at Fresh Air Studios. I'm also the Vice Chair of Devon and Plymouth Chamber of Commerce. And I've jumped into the seat next to Jackie for one simple reason. Basically, Jackie can't interview herself, can you, really? I can't, I'm
1: afraid, Paul. (laughs) And there's a lot, there's
2: actually there's a lot of knowledge about when it comes to skills that you've got and I'd like to find out a bit more about today's programme how it came about why you're sat in that hot seat there the presenter's chair and I must say actually it does rather suit you
1: oh thank you I'm <laughs> feeling quite comfortable in this chair right now
2: yeah. this has been something um, if I think back to our early conversations I think I, I know for certain that the, the programme in terms of the running order and lining up the guests has taken some like three weeks to get to get planned um, but this is the result of a conversation we must have had I suppose towards the middle of last year you stood up at a meeting and I remember it very very well and you said in your own words I want to do something to sort out and um, what people what the conversation is with regards to the skills shortage and you are now finally doing that how does that feel?
1: It feels an honour and a privilege and actually can I be perfectly honest when I took this job on four years ago I didn't realise that I would have such a responsibility mm. to be a catalyst of change to bridge those skills gaps and prioritise what we really need as a city in the wider area mm. for growth and investment.
2: Right. OK, so let's put the next two hours. Now, I've had a look at the, the guests that you've got. There's going to be a lot of knowledge sharing and um, some people who really do know their stuff.
1: Absolutely. Um, you're
2: going to be covering topics like innovation, um, education. Oh, my word. There's, there's a lot of stuff here. It's going to be quite exciting. Um, but I want you to, if, if I may, um, to ask you to put today's show into context. Kind of explain to us the climate, the current backdrop for colleges. It's not just City College Plymouth, actually. I think it's fair to say this is, this is a topic that every education establishment has very, very close to their heart. And it's an, an issue that they're all having to face. But can you kind of go... Over the the reasons and the impacts and, and the background, please, for today's show.
1: Yeah, first of all, Paul, I'd just like to say that I'm not just here representing City College Plymouth. I'm here to represent all educational organizations, all businesses, all stakeholders to ask for investment and to drive growth going forward. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to tell you, Plymouth and the wider area is an absolute amazing place and a hugely ambitious city um, with huge growth potential, mm. more potential than I've ever seen in the whole of my working life. And it's going around really exciting changes at the moment with many more on the horizon. Yeah, yeah. However, we have a myriad of, of challenges right now. Mm-hmm. So um, in terms of social inequality, inequalities, mm-hmm. We have the highest in the country. In terms of post-COVID, we're dealing with that right now, with businesses and with upskilling and retraining. And the ongoing strain on our health and care systems is absolutely huge. And that's why it's really, really important that educational organisations, local authorities and employers and stakeholders work collectively together to make that fundamental change to produce the workforce for the future basically
2: you um you mentioned about funding um obviously (laughs) things have to be paid for somehow um it's been in the news Um, The educational sector, how is it faced with regards to to, to funding? What's the, you know, what's it like at the moment?
1: So if I can talk about the further education sector, Mm -hmm. we are now on a 12 year drive of reduced funding. Mm -hmm. So that isn't funny anymore in Mm -hmm. terms of bridging the skills gap and actually creating the workforce for the future.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay, Um, so... Let's have a look at um, the kind of um, the topics that you'd like to talk about. Um, People like to do three pillars or um, or three takeaways. Um, Three is the magic number. It
1: absolutely is. Um,
2: What's your three?
1: I have three fundamental priorities for me. Three. The first one is that we need a national strategy. Mm. We haven't got one. Oh, right. We absolutely haven't got one. So if I think about our, our local city... We, The local authority have a Plymouth plan. Mm -hmm. Um, City College Plymouth has a strategic intent that absolutely aligns with that Plymouth plan. We work closely with Plymouth local authority and Devon County Council to align our priorities and to align where those gaps are. And also, when we look at national um, priorities in terms of STEM and all those sort of subjects that we align with that.
2: I'm going to stop you there because okay. you, I'm going to have... Um, I've got a buzzer in reception, actually. I might just bring <laughs> it in. Um, an acronym and abbreviation buzzer. Yeah. Um, education, you've got a lot of, a lot of abbreviations for things. You throw yeah. one out. Try and break them through um, throughout today's programme. STEM, what's that?
1: STEM. So STEM is quite a buzzword, as you say. Yeah. It's science, technology, engineering and maths. Okay. But it actually doesn't finish at STEM. I must really be clear that it
2: is STEAM. STEAM? Yeah. I quite so like that. STEM
1: STEAM is great.
2: You've got a lot of STEAM. I've
1: got a lot of STEAM, especially (laughs) on a Monday morning. But um, the A in STEAM is the arts. Mm -hmm. And we need all of those skills collectively together to be a powerhouse of delivering the skills. Mm -hmm. And as you know, in Plymouth, gosh, arts is absolutely fundamental and something as our city is amazing for. I think
2: creativity um, is, is quite a, a key yeah. thing, actually. Even if you've got um, um, a, a job that's quite formal, having a bit of creative flair yeah. most certainly helps, I think, in everyday life. Um, I, I jumped in and interrupted you, sorry, with regards to STEAM. So carry on with regards to your objectives.
1: You did, Paul, but I'm so passionate about this <laughs> that I'll never forget the three priorities that, that need to happen. And um, the next one is about a commitment to lifelong learning. Okay. So a lifelong. what does lifelong learning Learning mean it actually means that you can carry on learning for the whole of your life mm. whether you're you know 13 whether you're 18 whether you're an adult
2: because it's and true to say I mean you you're, you're, um, when education shouldn't just start and end. With school and college?
1: No, no, no. So we're really proud in terms of um, um, skills that we've produced um, an education route map. And you'll be hearing about it later on. Mm -hmm. But what we've created is something really innovative that starts at primary school right through to HE, but actually at any time has flight paths into jobs into employment into training and that's something very special that we're piloting right now in Plymouth that will make a difference to people's lives going forward Mm
2: -hmm. absolutely sounds great okay yeah
1: yeah so another bit of data for you because things always have to be backed by data figures Um, in terms of skilling and actually this right to lifelong learning the majority of our adults in Plymouth aren't even qualified to a level two what is a level two, you say? Well, it's equivalent to a GCSE. Yes. Most of the jobs in the skills gaps are level three, which is equivalent to a vocational A level. Uh-huh. So we need to get our adults skilled or up o to levels for some at of us. least a two. <laughs> yes, a long, long time ago.
2: I think it was the first year to do A levels. No, I'm sure I'm a is there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you're obviously going to be reaching out to... I suppose, the key sectors and yes. um, the industries that make the area tick. Yeah, um, How are you doing that and what are those key sectors?
1: Yeah, those key sectors are the STEM, the STEAM sectors that I've talked about. Yeah, yeah. But I just wanted to finish in terms of the fair and accessible, sustainable funding yeah. that I was talking about. And further education needs the resources to recruit the staff needed to teach those subjects and those mm. key skills in the advanced manufacturing in the maritime, in the health, in the engineering going forward. And at the same time, we need sustainable funding in terms of, I've alluded to those deprived areas, we need to address student Mm. poverty.
3: Mm.
2: Very, very true. Um, So with regards to the local economy... And um, Paint us a picture of that local economy, the kind of industries that are around here and how you're, how you're reaching out to them as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there are a significant amount of job vacancies um, at the moment. So whether that's engineering, whether that's maritime, whether that's construction. Mm-hmm. Um, and also in the next five years, there's going to be up to 8,000. So we've got to do something mm. about it, haven't mm. we? Um, and as I mentioned earlier, it is to do with... Small employers, medium employers, and the large, along with our local authority and the education organisations, that have got to make that change. I'm
2: quite pleased you actually mentioned you keep um, You keep bringing it back to SMEs because. Um, even when you communicate with the big organisations, they have supply chains that rely yeah. on the skills and expertise of SMEs. So, you know, it, it, within conversation within the city, it does tend to go back to the obvious. We, we won't name who they are, but the, mm. the big ones. Um, but with regards to how the college wants to reach out, you're not just talking to the big ones. You really do want to hear from SMEs as well, don't you? And we- micro businesses, the smaller than the S.
1: Yep. Everybody is equally important and we need to hear from those small businesses because those are the ones that will support making the change. Mm -hmm. And they're very, very specialised at the same time. So um, please just um, come into our social media today and give your opinion and how can we help going forward?
2: You mentioned um, earlier about all the challenges. Uh, Climate change is another challenge um, that's affecting us. Around the world, obviously, by very nature. Um, Does that make a difference to how you approach things? It makes a massive difference. And if you talk to our students and
1: our staff, the biggest thing that's worrying them right now is climate change. Mm -hmm. And this isn't just about sustainability and recycling. In terms of climate change, going forward, the emerging sectors are going to be different how people work are going to be different. People want to work in different ways. Mm -hmm. People are changing their work practices. So we also need funding and support to ensure that we can support that change going forward. AI, VR, Mm. digital that we're going to talk about a little bit later on, are absolutely fundamental. And, you know, we don't even know what some of that's going to look like.
2: I know, it kind of does feel as if you're chasing a moving target. That's um, that's quite a challenge in itself. Um, So before we bring our our, our first set of guests in um, very, very quickly... um, Could you give us a sense of the approach that you're taking in in a nutshell with regards to the challenges um, and communicating with the partners in Plymouth in order to make a difference, just very quickly?
1: Yep. So really quickly, really aligned with the Plymouth Local Authority Mm -hmm. and the Devon Devon Local Authority, Mm -hmm. making sure that our strategic and our curriculum intent is absolutely aligned to the Plymouth Skills Plan and other plans. I've talked about the education route map in terms of um, addressing the skills gap. And really, this big skills discovery that we're doing today encourages all business across the city particularly SMEs in terms of what are their skill needs now and what do they need in the next five years
2: Brilliant Who are your first guests? Who are so your first proper our guests?
1: first guests are Paul and Lance
2: Brilliant OK right I'm going to hand the reins over to you now to, to, to run run forward and do the rest of the two hours um, Don't forget if you are watching and I really well, obviously you are otherwise you wouldn't be seeing this would you um, if you're watching on social media do drop your comments in the box and below the live stream but actually Actually, you can contact us on Twitter as well. We quite like that. Um, we'll be joining Lance and Adrian in a few moments when Jackie uh, takes over, and that'll be happening after the break.
0: The Big Skills Discovery Live from City College Plymouth continues after the break.
1: Well, welcome back, and I am absolutely delighted to welcome two guests today. um, Adrian Bratt, who's the Executive Director, General Counsel and External Affairs at Princess Yachts and our very own Lance Chatfield who um, heads up our Manufacturing Maritime and welcome both of you. Hi Jackie. Hi, hi. So this part of the programme today is actually considering the skill needs of a key sector for Plymouth and that's our Maritime. So in particular how important it is in partnerships with employers. So, Adrian, how are the relationships going then in terms of um, the college and Princess Yachts right now?
4: When we, we, you and I first met up, I don't know, a couple of years ago now. And it's about understanding the art of the possible. And a lot of these conversations, the, the buzzword is often collaboration. It's about putting the meat on the bones of collaboration, what it actually is. And that's about investing the time to understand what we do as a manufacturer, who we employ, why we employ them and what our challenges are and from our perspective it's understanding what you as an organisation can provide Mm -hmm. and once you have those those conversations and really understand it's about picking off where you can start to to deal with the challenges that we face as a business and understanding the challenges you've got as a provider and marrying up the two and and delivering something at the end of it so in terms of the level of the conversation we've gone beyond just talking about what the problems are that's the easy bit finding the solutions is the challenge and we princess yachts and city college are some way down the road now into actually practically addressing those challenges i say
1: that's absolutely beautifully put because you know just reflecting on what you were just saying there you know, we got round the table and had some really open and frank conversations of what can we provide, um, what do you need? And Lance, you're absolutely fundamental in that, so can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, of
5: course I can. I mean, it's, you know... The college is instrumental to you know playing its role within the in the skills gap and reducing that skills gap across the city, but particularly you know with with key employers like Princess Yachts, Um, and and like Adrian you know said it's it's about us sitting down and understanding what the need is first. That's that's the big thing. We need to understand what it is that employers need. So that we can start to address that now some of that could be through traditional programs but we also can you know as a college we can be flexible and adaptable and make sure that we're starting to build programs around those needs um and making sure that you know we can start to reduce that skills gap and princess shots is a prime example you know what we've done with them in terms of making sure that not only are the students who are going through the current program that we're working on um, have the qualifications they need but are also work ready because mm. that 's key you know these people need to be ready to hit the shop floor, make sure they meet the needs of the business from every aspect, not just from a quali- qualification aspect. What actually makes city college different than lance it 's for us it's it 's like say you know a lot of colleges will just look at the look at the pure qualification, and that 's it for us. We went that step beyond. We started to add value to our courses, you know for example, you know working on the, on the wood occupations course that we deliver for princess shots at the moment. We make sure that our setup is that they come in at half past seven in the morning. They work from Monday to Thursday, meeting the, the times that the Princess Yacht Works do. They undertake all, every aspect they need to make sure that they can undertake the skills test, whether that's through scribing or building specific components to make sure that they can walk into, ready, into the Princess Yachts and be ready to work.
1: But Adrian, from the employer's point of view then and from your point of view... What has City College actually done to bridge those skills gaps? And have you got an example of that?
4: I have. And um, um, what 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 it? The way to make it work is about not trying to do everything at once. Mm. You target a specific area. You put in the resource and the attention to make that work, and then look about growth sustainably. Because there's an immediate there's an immediate challenge, and there's a long term piece as well. And immediate challenge could be easy to deal with, but then then everything stops and and, move, and moves on, and and you've lost the the, you've lost the learning and the uh, and the internal skill to develop that course so particularly in the carpentry sector mm. we've, we, we it, it, it's a common shortage um carpentry's just joined the um the government's um skills um uh, migration list in terms of it's a known it's a known um area of where where we're lacking people in the u k um but the the people are there, and the people want to learn, and the people are, apply, are applying to join us, but didn't have the skills to be able to get through a trade test. So we identified a specific um, a specific gap, targeted that gap. Lance is absolutely right. We understand how the business operates, understanding the, the skills we needed, fill that gap, and get the people into the business actually working at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And and the key is to look at that area. Just do start off small. Think big. Look, start off with the, the immediate challenge, and look how you can develop that to all the other areas across the business. Because yes, we're a manufacturer, but there's there's a whole there's a whole range of manufacturing skills we need. But there's there's other, being the scale of the business we are in Plymouth, there's other skills we need around being procurement or logistics or design. So always have an eye to the longer term. If we've we've gone through the the not the pain, but the, we've gone through the effort of understanding how to make it work. For that specific area but always have an eye on where else can we use it going forward so we've gone we've gone through the time and the the the, the effort of, of putting those relationships in place building that knowledge and that corporate understanding of how our business operates let's not waste that mm. and let's continually build going forward because that collaboration piece that will will address the skills gap is is about that it's about the human relationships it's about the understanding and it's about the the strategy going forward
1: so how successful has it in that particular skills gap then
4: well we've we've got people working in our business that have have, have done the course mm-hmm. they've they they've they under, and the, when they when they come in they have they've, they've got the confidence of they now know what is what the baseline is they've they our work um shift patterns they're not a shock to anyone they know where we are they know what we're about and they're in the business working mm-hmm. now
1: mm-hmm And how does City College build on that, Lance?
5: I think, like Adrian said, you know, the next step is, is, and then we've already started this, is to start to look at where the other skill shortages are. And and Adrian mentioned mentioned procurement and logistics, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's basically because of the relationships that we started with with the business. You know, these people are now coming to the college from various departments across Princess Yachts and saying you know we've seen what you've done we've seen how it works we've seen these people going into into the business and making a difference you know how can we now work with the college to make our step within our own sectors um and that's you know and that's what we're here to do we're here to bridge that skills gap right across the board eventually but like adrian said it's it's small steps let's keep building keep building and use those relationships to make it happen
1: okay and we have been talking about maritime haven't we um as a fundamental um gap going forward and lance i see you brought something on the table here what What's that
5: yes yeah, so this this is the uh, maritime uk awards um we were nominated for an award at the maritime uk um, in hull last week and we were winners oh. so um so we won that for the work we've done around the maritime sector um the fact that we brought uh, over 50 employers into the college um during maritime uk week to talk about skills specifically Um, And at the end of it, the call to action was to start bringing all those employees together to meet that skills gap, to understand where the gaps were. Um, And it's a fantastic award, a real accolade for the college, um, you know, on a national level. And from that... And from the discussions that we had during Maritime UK week, we've now established a Maritime and Defence Skills Partnership, which we're leading along, um, alongside um, members of staff from Babcock, but working closely with Princess Yachts as well and other Maritime uh, key stakeholders.
1: So something to be proud of then. And in terms of Maritime being fundamental to our city and Princess Yachts, Adrian, have you got anything to say about that?
4: Well, look, it, it's it, it's a good reminder of the... The maritime heritage and provenance that we've got in Plymouth, and building on the foundations that have been there for hundreds of years, and I think I think well, rather than just sit back and rest on our laurels and and, and being thankful for the ward, it's a it's a real um, shot in the arm to for, challenge for us now to talk to those other employers, find out exact exactly the same conversations we've had with you, understand what the other employers need and where we where we can go as one cohesive whole mm. with with a request from you guys or or other other, other providers in terms of what we need and. And from a citywide perspective, build on that the maritime skills sector and make make this a you know a hub for a known hub nationally and internationally for maritime skills. Mm.
1: So those employers in that supply chain and in your supply chain are absolutely fundamental for yeah. success. So it goes back to us all working collectively together, those relationships being really robust and strong and working with each other to bridge those skills gaps, especially in maritime, what we're talking at the moment today.
4: Yeah, doing stuff, not talking about it, getting on like the carpentry course, putting it into action, showing what we can do and building on it.
1: Brilliant. So wise words from Adrian Bratt. Thank you so much and thank you for your contribution today. Adrian's moving on and Lance is, is um, staying with us. So yep. thank you very, very much both. Okay. Coming up, Lance will be staying with us, as I said, and will be joined by Fallon Hart from Kia Group and we'll be discussing the pivotal role that collaboration has in addressing the skills gap with supply chains and construction. So thank you very much. Thank you. We will be now taking a look at your comments on social media. So join us after the break.
0: The Big Skills Discovery live from City College Plymouth continues after the break.
2: Hello, welcome back. I've jumped into the studio because it's my job throughout today's programme to share with you all the exciting comments and feedback that we've had on social media. And we have had some comments and feedback. Brilliant. Um, Yes. Um, Right. OK, I'm going to start with a really important one, first of all. Um, And thank you to John Hill uh, for St Peter and the Waterfront. He's actually um, sent a message um, raising a question with regards to supporting the needs for disabled people. And I think that's a really important thing to kind of raise awareness of because it's fair to say, obviously, City College, Plymouth, Devon and Plymouth Chamber of Commerce, we always have, you know, how can this be, you know, how can this be adjusted or amended and how can this support people who are disabled? And of course, disabilities are not all visible. There are many, many other reasons as to why somebody might consider themselves to need a little bit of extra help, whatever the case may be. Um... But it's fair to say you do bring that question back, don't you? You try to be, you are as inclusive as possible.
1: Absolutely, but, yes.
2: Um, very right to, to, to raise that as a point and never let it get forgotten. Um, I'm very, very pleased to say we actually have viewers in the Middle East. Um, we've got people watching in Saudi Arabia and a special hello to Abdulaziz who's uh, sent in a message that he's watching over there. Uh, Mark Whitehouse says it's great to hear Jackie saying that learning is a lifelong endeavour in laying out what her priorities are in the skills agenda. So you've struck the thank right you. note there. Mm, thank it you for that. doesn't just end when you've got your certification um, and there's going to be lots more information with regards to furthering um, your education profile as an employee and indeed reaching out to help your team as an employer. Um, Please do share your comments and feedback. If we can't answer a specific question on the programme, then what we promise to do is get in touch with you um, direct. So if you want to send an email, please do, if you want to keep it it, um, as a one-to-one piece of communication or indeed pop your comments on Twitter. Here is how to get in touch.
0: Join in the big skills discovery. Send us your comments by Twitter Twitter at City Plymouth and follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn search for City College Plymouth
1: Well, welcome back and we are carrying on the theme of collaboration and how we're going to address those skills gaps so welcome Fallon who's just walked into the room so we've got Fallon Hart who's corporate social responsibility manager for the Key group so yes, welcome thanks, how you thank you and we've still got Lance we here as indeed, well so. so fantastic so Fallon if I can just go
6: over to you straight yeah, sure, away Bye um, way. how is the college work? With Kia right now? So in 2022, we developed a memorandum of understanding, um, and the whole point of this is to establish a really strong relationship between the construction industry and the college. Um, And we're very much working in partnership to one bridge the skills gap and for us to understand the need in the construction industry one as a tier one contractor and also with our local supply chain as well because they're very much the feeder of everything we do. So I think it's really important. For us to, obviously, we've got those relationships, but then to use those relationships with the college as well. So it says here that you are a tier one construction company
1: to address the local and regional skills gaps. Could you talk a bit more about that, please?
6: Yeah, sure. So um, with it being a tier one, what that means is we have a local supply chain which feed into us. Um, So with that, we have access to quite a wide range of resources. So with being that tier one contractor, we can really help the SMEs, um, the local suppliers to, one, grow their business and also for them to work alongside us in able to do that. And whilst having those relationships, we can then utilise that to then help the likes of City College to then, one, address their needs and then also then in hand help the college as well. Brilliant. So we've talked a lot already about
1: the large employers, medium employers, small, medium enterprises. Mm -hmm. And we know that they're all equally as important as each other. And that supply chain is vital, isn't it, to bridge the skills gap. So can you talk about the relationship and give us some examples of what's going on right now? Yeah. Sorry, I was, gonna- yeah. <laughs> I was
7: going.
5: <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the things we're doing at the moment is developing um, a hard hat ready program, which essentially is to bring people into the construction sector, whether that be um, people that are transitioning from other um, other businesses or other industries, um, or those that are unemployed or, or you know claiming on or part time basis. And the idea of the program is exactly like Fanon said; it's not necessary to feed Kia. Uh, that Okiya are you know supporting that. it's to, it's to support their supply chain, so the SMEs um, to get those people onto the ground working in the construction sector and um, with the right skills.
1: Lance, hard hat ready program. <laughs> yep. So you know, can you can you just explain that a little further? Yeah, so, so essentially
5: it's it's a it's a basic con- construction program where, like I say, we're bringing people in who may not necessarily necessarily understand or may not know which part of construction they want to go into as yet. So it's a program where they come in and undertake a various number of, of skills, whether that be brickwork, plastering, stud work, you know, a bit of plumbing and that kind of stuff. The key to this is they, they get their C S C S card, which allows them to work on site. It's the license and bit of paper that allows them to work on site. And then working with Kia, who obviously know where that supply is needed across their multiple sites. Um, what they're able to do then is is push those people, once they, once they qualify, onto those specific sites um, and work with the supply chain to meet Kia's need.
1: Brilliant. So, you know, there's a lot of talk around it's so, so important to co-design, mm-hmm. co-deliver, not just for an employer to have an opinion on something, but actually really need to see that what they're asking for is happening and making a difference. So, Fallon, can you give us some examples of any co-design or any co-delivery that's happening right now?
6: Yeah, I think the main thing, um, as Lance has touched on, is a hard hat ready. Um, We've been talking about this some time and I think it's going to be a really beneficial um, programme And I think not just for Kia, as Lance was saying, for the whole wider construction industry, because we all know there's a skills gap there. We all know there's something that we need to do. And I think the main thing for that as well, it's giving these people that work experience. So alongside, they will be getting that kind of the basic need, they see their mandatory CSES card. But they also get the opportunity to go on work experience with our local supply chain where those employment opportunities lay. So they're almost getting that almost a foot in the door straight away to then set them, hopefully, on the right path in going forward. Um, and then alongside that as well, with our Kia professionals, industry professionals, that also begin taster talks. So the likes of BIM, modern method of construction, um, really anything that we can offer at Kia, we can then go into as well the Hard at Ready programme and just kind of almost as an extra for them to understand what the construction industry offers because mm-hmm. it's changing and ever developing. So we need to make sure that people are aware of what's out there as a potential opportunity. And that's a really,
1: really good point, Fallon, isn't yeah. it? Because the word construction just means so much, doesn't it? Definitely it definitely does, yeah. And, you know, we've talked about upskilling and we've talked about retraining and, you know, we've talked before about not just what happens on site, but there's things like the construction built environment, isn't there? So can you elaborate what does construction mean? What does it mean for adults even?
5: Yeah, I mean, I mean, construction's huge. You know, it's, there's, it still has a bit of an image of construction being about, you know, brickies and, and, and all those kind of on the ground trades but you know there's 80 plus trades across the construction sector you know right away from like you say those those you know people that are actually building you know whether that be a house or a factory or whatever but there's also all the other other sides of it you know you've got quantity surveyors you've got architects you know you've got site managers it's huge and, and there's an opportunity for anybody with whatever skills they've got to transition into the construction sector and work within the within one of those um job roles
6: Mm-hmm. And Fallon, have you got anything to add to that yeah, from I think, the
5: employer point of view? Yeah, I think
6: the only thing I'll add on that, um, and it's kind of touching on what, what Lance has said about the trade, is that construction's not just trade, there's the operational, there's commercial roles, and there's kind of behind-the-scene roles as well. You've got your HR, you've got your admin, and you know, you've know got your social value, you've got your graphic design, you've got things that people think, oh, I can't do that because it's construction. Whereas, you know, you look at, You know, the logos, for example. I mean, like your logo, you see your logo. Someone's developed that. You know, it's a brand. And every business needs that. So, yes, the construction industry very much, we very much rely on our supply chain. However, those aren't the only roles that we can offer and that we can support. So it's just almost busting that myth around what construction means. It Mm -hmm. doesn't just mean getting your hands dirty. And actually, there's loads of other roles that you can utilise and you've got transferable skills that can then progress you forward into a construction-related role. So as we're talking like this, it's really important isn't it that we we hear the
1: employers we listen to them we need to understand what they need to bridge the skills gap so lance if you're an employer right there right out there at the moment and they're thinking how can i co-design how can i co-deliver for a skill or a qualification that they need right now to support their business whether it's a small medium enterprise or whether it's a larger employer what do they have to do
5: yeah i mean we're you know we're, we're open to to working with absolutely anybody let's like say whether that's a one-man band an SME right the way up through to companies such as Kia and you know quite simply they need to just get in touch you know you can get in touch through our website uh, cityplym.ac.uk um, and you know there's there's lots of information already on there but you can also contact us through that um, and you know we will sit down with you and make sure that one of our team is sitting down to understand where the skills gap is once we've done that, then yes, we want you in. We want you to talk about how you can help co- co-design to make sure it meets your need. Um, and if we can get you in, like, like uh, Fallon just alluded to, in terms of your teams coming in and working alongside of our, our lecturing staff or delivering guest lectures and that kind of stuff, then we'd love to have you in. You know, that's what it's all about. That's mm-hmm. where our students gain the most benefit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's understanding what the industry is all about from the industry people mm-hmm. that are working on the ground every day so yeah it's huge just get in touch
1: it's really clear though when there's an employer in a specific area they want to talk to the expert yep. and they want to talk face to face and they want to have a frank conversation of what's required in terms of what's going to help them for mm-hmm. their business yep. so are you and your team up for that and we happy are with indeed yes we've
5: we've got you know we've got staff who are work right across all the various sectors. They're industry specialists themselves. They're either already still working in industry alongside of, of their lecturing commitments or they have come directly from industry. They know the industry, but they want to be working with, with the industry experts that are on the ground right now and they're open for it.
1: So just remind us of how they need to get in touch then, Larry. So
5: they can get in touch through our website, cityplim.ac.uk Like I say, there's lots of information on there, but you can also get in touch with us there and we'll respond to you and uh, make sure one of our team are working with you very soon.
1: Okay, well, it's been an absolute delight to talk to you and Fallon in thank you particular. Very much. Thank you for talking to us today from an of employer's course. point of view in terms of how we adapt to those supply chains to actually give the employers exactly what they need. So, thank you very very much. No worries. Thanks for having thank me. You. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Very much. So, coming up, we're going to be moving on to now more of a focus on the health sector. So, please take a moment to share your thoughts with us via social media. Hashtag big skills discovery. Say that again. Hashtag big skills discovery. Join us after the break.
0: The big skills discovery live from City College Plymouth continues after the break.
1: So welcome back and another change of seat I am absolutely delighted to welcome first of all Pippa Jeffcott um, from Plymouth NHS Trust who actually is the head of learning and organisational development from our university hospitals Plymouth. So a huge warm welcome to you Pippa. Thanks for having me Jackie it's a pleasure. Uh, And Pauline is our in charge of our Strategic Action for Healthcare and Active Wellbeing from City College Plymouth. Hi, Pauline. Good morning, Jackie. Hi, good morning and good morning, both of you. Well, we've had lots of conversations, haven't we, Um, in the past 12 to 18 months. Mm -hmm. And um, we've already talked about it this morning, actually. We've talked about ageing workforces. And, you know, there's a national ageing workforce, Mm -hmm. but in particular in Plymouth and the wider area we do have an aging workforce so first of all pippa how does that affect us in terms of the workforce of today and tomorrow
3: well i think having an aging workforce is not necessarily a, a bad thing in terms of the experience that those people bring because of all the, the the wealth of knowledge and skills that they have to pass on to our younger protagonists who are coming into healthcare hopefully um but it does, our, the healthcare sector particularly and lots of other public sectors are quite demanding in terms of the, the commitment, both emotionally and physically. And, um, and we do need the skills of tomorrow. We need that fresh enthusiasm. We need the energy that young people bring. We need the ways, the new wonderful ideas that they bring with them and that mm. sense of optimism and, and innovation. So uh, it's really important to have a balance, I think, of that experience to offer training opportunities to build the confidence of those young people, but also to have those young people who are interested in following in those footsteps. Um, But yeah, an ageing workforce, a real challenge for us in the NHS. We're seeing higher retirement rates, people retiring earlier because of the mental and physical and emotional toll that it takes on people in our sector.
1: Yeah, thanks, Pippa. There's actually two things here for me, I think. There's, There's the The skills and the qualifications Mm. that are needed for the jobs, Mm. um, for the hospital and the supply chain. So there's creating the workforce with the right skills for the future. But very closely aligned to that, it's about the health and well-being of people also.
3: Isn't it really? Absolutely. So,
8: Pauline, what are your views on that? I think, I mean... The skills, um, definitely, we need to ensure that we're giving... We think about the younger generation, the 16- to 18-year-olds, those skills that they need, and then looking upskilling mm. upskilling um, current staff. But I think we also have to bring it back a bit and say, what are the other essential skills that we need that are actually going to make up the whole person? So we think about, um, from, a, from a job point of view, look at the decision-making, critical thinking. But in, in the health sector, you've got to think about the empathy and the mm. fact that you've got to be able to communicate... And you've got to really understand that you're in a caring sector. We have to ensure that our students, whether they be the younger or the more mature students, have got those essential skills too. Really important, particularly in your sector. Yeah. Um, and that's, we talk about that critical, we were talking about earlier on, that the mm. critical and um, thinking and decision-making, it doesn't always come easy to people. So we have to make sure that we um, encourage that when they're in our, our lecture rooms or in our um, simulated exp- uh, uh, venues but also bringing role models in. And we talked yeah. earlier about the role models. It's really important that we get people from the health sector that actually tell, just tell us what it's like. Mm. And so from our, our point of view, from educationalists, we need to ensure that we are providing the right skills. And so we're working in collaboration. And you know, Pippa and I work very closely together. And you. Jackie, you're involved quite a lot in those meetings. But looking at what we need to do to provide the essential mm. skills your workforce of the future
3: yeah I think just coming back to the point that you were you made earlier Jackie about um the health and the health and well-being of people coming into the sector. Um, yes, we do look after people, our mm. community's health, and the role of of the hospital and health and care sector is to help people support them in health and well-being, making healthy choices. We mm. were talking about decision-making in that. But also remembering that our workforce is our community yeah, as well. Yeah. So yeah. the better we can do in terms of supporting people to stay well and healthy at work, to look after their own mental health and well-being and to... And to push that back out into the community and to encourage our community therefore to me be more healthy. It's almost like an advocacy role so when you work in the mm. health and care sector you become an advocate in your wider community for, for healthy choices, healthy lifestyle and preventative looking after your health mm. as well so that you, you don't run into those problems later on. And that
8: preventative piece is really important. We talked about the ageing workforce mm. if we don't start putting the uh, preventions in place now and we're talking earlier on about the grassroots, mm. it's not just for the 16 years upwards, it's about mm. the, the zero to five, it's really where with all areas of our community, all yeah. ages, to ensure that well-being is actually put in place, and so they become um, more resilient, mm. and they actually understand what's required within the sector mm. and what's required as part of the community. And we're all part of that community, aren't we? Yeah. Whether we're educationists or whether we're healthcare professionals, yeah, it's one community.
1: So, Pippa, how has the college helped you then bridge your skills gaps right now?
3: Uh, we're working really with the coll- really closely with the college on 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 loads of different strands of work actually, but mainly I would say, obviously. We work in, in health and care, that's our area of expertise and, and yes, we provide training placements and educational opportunities that are vocational but we're not educational experts and we don't we don't have access to that wide group of students that are coming through. We, we don't know young people in the education processes and systems in the same depth that you guys do at the college. So we've been utilising your expertise to put in place mm. training programmes and educational experiences for students, for young people and for adults learners as well as for some of our own workforce to bridge some of those gaps in a an educationally profound way so that the input that we put into them working with yourselves is really valuable from building up that knowledge and that confidence so that it can be translated in the workplace into a really practical healthy application of that knowledge and skills so it's about tailoring the the gaps that exist we we can be quite traditional in the health and care sector we have had quite a traditional approach to our pathways to the ways that we pull people through through qualification based assessments and um and that's not the world anymore. We need to be much more flexible. We need to look at um, our population, what works for them. We need to look at our mm-hmm. industry. We need to be forward thinking about the different roles that will exist in the future. And those will be portfolio roles. They'll be flexible roles. They will be bringing in a number of different skills into the mix and creating a collage of really competent, um, innovative people. And your help with that in designing those new routes for people so that we can either help people to transition from from one defined career pathway across to another if that's where their interest takes them. Or they can bridge a gap between having done a certain qualification but really seeing their future somewhere else with us and helping Mm -hmm. them to move in between. So we've been doing a lot of work around that with you guys, but also you've been fantastic helping us with innovation, technology... Some of the things that we don't necessarily uh, adopt that easily in the health and care sector, working with, with new technologies, with the digital infrastructure and with some partners there to think about how we can really um, get our message across to in, in the ways that young people and, and that learners these days really interact with the world. So you've been really helping us there as well, which I'm very grateful
1: wow so that collective relationship Mm -hmm. in terms of that co-design that co-delivery we talked about earlier you know getting around the getting around the table and having a really frank conversation of what is required. Honesty Honesty
3: is really really important in the relationships between us and I know that I have that relationship with you guys but building that more widely so that we have really good honest conversations with our learners as well, that's one of the most important things is understanding from them what they need. Some of the roles that we're we're training them for we don't even know yet and we we are all older and further along in our (laughs) career pathways Uh, there will be jobs, 30 years years down the line there will be jobs that we don't even know exist now yeah. and they will help us yeah to, I think it's
8: learning to too, learning from those um, the students that have actually been with us um, and then moved into the, mm-hmm. um, the service what went? What worked? What didn't work? Let's look at that and actually say, does that work with, say, for instance, shift patterns? Mm. How do we do that? Do we ensure that our English and maths is um, perhaps front-ended at the qualification? Yeah. Because we're very much aware in Plymouth our literacy and numeracy rates are below the national average. So as educators, we've got to work to ensure that we are that we're getting the best that we can out of our young people, but also making sure that works with yourselves Mm. when we're looking at the qualification or whichever route they're coming in. And when we think about routes, the routes into health are vast, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Um,
3: Yeah, a really, really wide wide. array of careers. Adrian Bratt talked about earlier, not just
1: about talking about it, but actually action and doing something Mm. about it and gave really good examples of now getting people into jobs in his own Mm. workforce so what are we doing next then because together you've got such a synergy and created just such a powerful powerhouse in terms of bringing an employer and an education (laughs) organization together to really put on the right
8: courses for our future workforce Mm. so what's next for both of you so, first, we've, we're looking at um, a new style of apprenticeship, and we're working with our current students and also applicants from outside. So, that's coming at a level two qualification. We're also looking at a flexi apprenticeship, where we're mm. saying the the UHP will be the anchor, um, the, lead. Lead the lead employer, and yeah. then they'll also the the um, applicants will also follow the route along the wide range of careers within health. That's actually not been done before. So we're, we're going to actually spearhead mm. that. Particularly, we look at adult health, and that's yeah. where we're looking at, because there is such um, a lack of staff in that area, but there's not the opportunities because we're looking at a large organisation, maybe a mm. small organisation. How do we bring that whole community together? So is another one.
3: Yeah, it's looking at... So so health and care gets separated often into health thinking traditionally around hospital mm-hmm. and primary care provision and then the adult social care which happens in care homes and what we've been looking at mm-hmm. doing is offering people uh, a wide Variety of apprenticeship placements yep. within that flexi apprenticeship, so that they can work across those sectors, get a real understanding. Because because we want people to follow their energy. That's what's mm. most important in life. I think is mm. following your energy, t- going where your energy leads you. Following your that energy, enthusiasm. following your dreams. Yeah. Pippa
1: Excellent. Jeffcott, um, the head of learning and organisational development from University Hospitals Plymouth. Thank you very much for your insight today, and thank you, Pauline. Thank so. You, Thank you both. Um, The health sector is under so much pressure um, that this sort of conversation is bridging the skills gap and driving growth going forward. So thank you very, very much both. So now into our next segment, we're going to move the conversation on medium size and small businesses. So don't forget to complete the Big Skills Discovery survey and tell us about your skills need. The QR code is in the corner of the screen. Here's how to find out more information.
0: For more information about the Big Skills Discovery, visit cityplim.ac.uk or scan the QR code on your screen right now.
1: Right, hi again. Well, we're broadcasting live on the City College Plymouth. Facebook Live page, LinkedIn Live and on YouTube Live too. So don't forget to send us in your comments because we're really enjoying your feedback. So the Big Skills Discovery continues for another hour where my guests will include Karen Friendship who is the Managing Director of Aldermans and Chair of the PMG, Plymouth Manufacturing Group. I've also got Jamie Smith, the Executive Chair of C-Learning, Carly Lufton, manager of Jacka Bakery here in Plymouth, plus many more of our experts from City College Plymouth. Stay tuned.
0: Across the internet, this is the Big Skills Discovery live. From City College Plymouth. Presented by Jackie Grubb. Join in the Big Skills Discovery. Send us your comments by Twitter at CityPlym. And follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn. Search for City College Plymouth. This is the Big Skills Discovery live from City College Plymouth.
1: Welcome back to the Big Skills Discovery Live. And gosh, I want to thank all our guests so far. Just been absolutely amazing. And thank you um, who've been watching and completing our online survey. If you haven't yet already filled in our survey, can you please take a moment to tell us about the skills you need now and going forward? And as I said before, there's a QR code on the screen and... um, Join us joining the QR code. So as I've already mentioned, we have got some really great guests coming up. Um, We've got Jamie Smith. We've got Paul Fanshawe, who will be talking about all things digital, including innovation and what are those digital skills for the future. I've also got um, Karen Friendship, who's going to be talking about upskilling and retraining existing staff. So that's going to be really interesting. And we've got our very own alumni, um, Carly Lufton from Jacka Bakery in City College to tell us all about the importance of Those soft skills, you know, those communication skills, those resilience skills, those team-building skills that are just as important in employment as they are the qualifications. And then the final guest of today will be Tiff Linsell, who has been absolutely integral in terms of creating a route map um, from primary school through to HE with huge flight paths into jobs, into skills, into retraining. So we're looking forward to that going forward. So here's how to get in touch.
0: Join in the big skills discovery. Send us your comments by Twitter at CityPlyM. And follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn. Search for City College Plymouth.
1: Welcome back. So I have two new guests um, going forward and we're going to talk about upskilling and retraining, which is just as important as passing qualifications. And I'm delighted to have Paul Fanshawe in the studio. And we have Karen Friendship, who is with us on Zoom. So hi there, Karen on the screen. And hi, Paul. Good morning, Jackie. Good morning, Jackie. Hi. So, yeah, we're talking about upskilling and retraining. We've talked a lot about um, SMEs, which are small, medium enterprises and medium-sized businesses. And actually creating the workforce for tomorrow in terms of giving people the opportunity to retrain or upskill is vitally important. So, first of all, Karen, can I go to you and can you just give us your view on this and, and what Aldermans are doing about it at the moment?
9: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, upskilling and retraining is an absolutely essential part of your business growth strategy. Um, I think a, a lot we talk about investments and how we get our customers, um, what we spend our money on. Um, but actually, the people strategy in every business has is, is got to be fundamental. It's got to be essential. You know, a lot of the time we buy machinery um, and, you know, have training that comes accompanies that. Um, but why do we not Consider training at every stage of everyone's career path. So whether they've been here for one minute, one year, ten years, we need to keep keep re-engaging with our team, and it's it's so critical. For for us, it's it's about empowering and engaging with our team because actually, if, if you've got a good motivated workforce behind you, um, and 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 leading you, then you know the sky's the limit about you know where your growth plan can go. So you know it's absolutely fundamental to any growth plan. This
1: is another fantastic example how City College Plymouth and an employer like Alderman's are working together to create an absolute powerhouse in terms of in this case upskilling or retraining to um, produce the workforce of tomorrow so Paul over to you now Um, you know if businesses are really interested in upskilling and retraining their staff what do they need to do?
10: Well, there's a number of options for um, businesses to be able to upskill their staff um, as part of that lifelong learning that we're all going to want to continue um, to make sure we've got the the skills for the future as as we go forward. Um, The key one for most, I think, employees is the ability to have apprenticeships. And most people think apprenticeships are for new entrants into a business. But actually, one of the great things about apprenticeships is you can use them to upskill your existing staff. Um, and take them from level two, level three, even onto the higher apprenticeships and degree apprenticeships, which are available these days. So it's a route to be able to upskill your staff through the apprenticeship route without necessarily having to take a new person on, which is a fantastic opportunity for businesses. There's also a range of other um, skills-based training. So adult education funding, the government provides funding to colleges like ourselves to support businesses with their skills needs. So um, that's available for us to co-invest in and in some cases fully fund training for employers. That can be across everything, whether it be digital skills, which we'll talk about in a little bit, whether it be about uh, customer service skills, whether it's about engineering and practical vocational skills. The whole range is actually covered by the adult funding the government provides, which is something that I think many employers don't realise they can come and they're not going to have to pay for the training. In many cases it's fully free, but we'll talk about that um, shortly. There's also some new initiatives, so there's boot camps which are um, hot off the press in the last mm-hmm. year in terms of Level 3 programmes. All about getting the talent in your institution, in your uh, business to upskill and get the skills at Level 3 that can make a real difference. They're 10 to 12 week programmes and they've been run across many, many things such as logistics, retrofit, green construction, uh, digital, the healthcare sector, lots of things like that. and. If you don't get through those, there's other wonderful things like maths and English. It's all free through other kind of other kind of routes of funding and um, bespoke provision. So if an employer like Aldermans or anybody comes to us and says, you know what, well, actually we want this, yeah, we can build it, we can make it. And I think Lance talked about that earlier on mm. in terms of the idea of co-design yeah. of courses.
1: We've talked a lot about co-design, haven't we? And um, you know, our, I've talked about. I have a huge responsibility to be a catalyst of change going forward Um, not just for my own organization city college plymouth but for any education organization and working with employers and our local authority to become powerhouses of making that difference and you know i've talked about we need a national strategy Um, we've got our own plymouth plan and our wider devon area plan We've talked about the right to um, adult learning and we've also talked about sustainable funding. So, Karen, from your point of view, um, have you got any views or any challenges or anything that you'd like to see to make that difference going forward?
9: I mean, I think it's it's absolutely critical that we consider um, will over skill as well sometimes, because, um, you know, sometimes we just need that. All those candidates that are coming into the to the um, you know, their career path and starting that journey is to give them the motivation to, to come and learn and to work because most businesses now will be able to send you on a path for uh, learning, mm. uh, whether that's at the college, whether it's online, mm-hmm. and we need to keep that engagement going. And apprenticeships are so so key in that journey as well because I mean we've got here got anywhere between five and ten percent of our workforce is is going through an apprenticeship scheme wow. and it, it just yeah. gives them so much more empowerment to yeah. make change in the business feel feel motivated to come to work um, and we can see you know what gives me, me my my absolute motivation is seeing someone reach their absolute full potential and exceed it as well yeah and that's you know huge b- bottom line benefits to the business when they're engaging and you know it's so much more exciting to be in a business where others are learning and you will you're, you're you're, you're eating that you know really great great passion in, in what, um, what your leaders, supervisors and your colleagues are, are learning. But, um, you know, apprenticeships are great. There's lots of online training courses. So, yeah, you don't stop thinking about learning because actually you don't, once you just get in a business, it's not, it doesn't stop there. That's where the journey starts. So it goes back to that commitment to lifelong learning, doesn't
1: it? And we all have a responsibility and I every day think I have a responsibility of developing all our people to their full potential. So, Paul, how can costs be maximised or minimised in terms of everything that we're saying right now?
10: It's a couple of things. I mean, uh, Karen talks about it then in terms of online learning. So there's always a worry about releasing staff to be able to get training. So you don't always have to release somebody to come into the college environment to do that. There's lots of ways we can bring the training to the employer. We can also do um, learning online to make sure to minimise the impact on the employer themselves. And then in terms of actually the cost of training, most training is actually free. So if you've got any employees that are earning under £18,525, Education's free. So within the adult education budget, you don't pay for any training for employees earning that amount of money or less. Mm-hmm. So that's one way of making sure there's free education for, for those employees. There's also some fantastic initiatives. Um, for example, you know the apprenticeship scheme. If you're an SME um, and you've, you're looking at 16 to 800 learners, um, at that point, you don't pay for a 16 to 800 learner if you're a small to medium enterprise or micro SME. Um, and there's also the incentive funding, so you get some funding back if you're um, taking a 16- to 18-year-old learner as well. Those are fantastic things. There's wonderful free courses, for example, maths in business. So if you've got some employees that need to upskill with their maths, mm-hmm. there is free maths courses aimed at businesses, um, which will be a fantastic opportunity to get free skills in. And... Um, again, within the the health and social care sector, I know you were talking to Pepper a second ago. Mm-hmm. Within that area, there's a fantastic thing: the health and the HASSAP course, which is looking at free courses in the health and social care sector for any kind of healthcare providers or care homes that need to upskill their staff. And the great about those, they're also online as well, so there's no need to disrupt the business while you're doing that.
1: So what you're really actually saying is, it doesn't matter if you've got one employee, ten, or fifty, or a hundred. There is help there for any business going forward in terms of upskilling and retraining.
10: Absolutely. It's not about scale. We can support all businesses with their individual needs and make it cost effective. And in many cases, there isn't a cost.
1: Okay, Thank you so much, Karen. And thank you so much, Paul. And if you're an SME watching the podcast and you have already completed the big skills discovery survey, I would encourage you to take a few moments to do that during the break. So see you in a few moments. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Paul. Thank you.
0: The Big Skills Discovery live from City College Plymouth continues after the break.
1: welcome back everybody and now we move to the digital agenda and um, you know something that we're all talking about right now and in terms of digital innovation what are those skills going to look like going forward is at the heart of everything that we do every single day so i'm absolutely delighted to say that paul fanshaw is still with us but we do have jamie smith from c learning Coming through on Zoom. So, hi, Jamie.
11: Hi, good morning. How are you? Really good, thank you, yeah.
1: Brilliant, brilliant. Well, the digital agenda in Plymouth is a key strength of the city and actually forms a really big part of the economic strategy And um, in view of City College Plymouth being the first Google reference college in the southwest, um, innovation and that agenda is absolutely dear to our hearts. So this conversation today is going to be full of innovation, (laughs) ideas and, you know, what is the future actually looking like? So, Jamie, over to you. (laughs)
11: Yeah, thank you. Uh, Thrilled to be part of the conversation this morning as well. I mean, I think the whole agenda around digital skills is so important. Um, I mean, I saw some government data at the weekend that said something like about 82% of job vacancies at the moment require digital skills. Mm -hmm. I know digital skills means many things to many people, but in its broadest sense from a business owner point of view and from an employment point of view, It means higher growth, higher productivity, and achieving your your growth targets from a business point of view. And I think it also is very much about enabling you to retain talent as well by investing in the digital skills of your people. It means that they're going to succeed, add more value to the business, and stay with the business as well. So I think from a strategic point of view, in terms of retention of key people, it's fundamental as well. But if you just look at the landscape of employment right now and the digital age that we're in, if you look at something like linkedin where there's about over 40 million job vacancies i think on there at the moment eight of the top 10 ones are fundamentally digital roles wow so if we yeah it's it's amazing so if we don't equip people with the right skills to take advantage of those opportunities then the nation and our communities and all of us suffer i mean you'll probably be aware of various reports out there showing sort of the productivity cost of a lack of digital skills. Mm. And to be honest, whichever report you look at, it's a very big number, you know, something like 50 to 60 billion pounds a year in lost productivity. I think we've all got a responsibility to address that, because if we do and we get it right, then everybody benefits.
1: Okay, Jamie, on that note. So if our audience are really interested in that digital agenda and actually what Jamie is talking about, don't forget via social media, hashtag. Big Discovery Live, please get in touch because we'd love to hear your thoughts and experiences too. And in the topic of this conversation, how we can help build that workforce of the future with what we're doing and what we're innovating, we'd be really interested to hear. So back to you, Jamie.
11: Yeah, I'd, I'd also add as well that I think from my experience interactions, for example, with, with your organisation, Jackie, I'm aware of some of the leading work that that you're doing and you mentioned in the introduction about being a Google reference site and that really is in recognition to an outstanding commitment to sustainable innovation and that really is kind of what we're talking about here in terms of equipping people to be able to go into businesses and add value from day one Mm -hmm. Um, I know from my own personal experience of my my interactions with your students for example Um, and I've mentioned to you before that they are some of the most employable people that you could ever find and one aspect of that is they're very familiar with the kind of uh, tools and technologies that can add value to businesses straight away in a digital sense they're familiar with online meetings and things like we're doing now they're familiar with how to use cloud-based technologies so and you and to use those tools to add value and build relationships and network and connect and those are critical things for business now because in the digital age we're in the opportunities are global and it doesn't matter where you're based, but, but the opportunities are global. So you could be in Plymouth, but building a relationship with a supplier or a new opportunity in America or wherever they might be. And in your particular organization, you, you're doing some pioneering work around that, which, which Google, of course, has recognized. But I think that's equipping all the people that experience your organization in Plymouth with the right kind of skills mm-hmm. and um, uh, tools to, to prosper in the digital age that we're in.
1: Okay, so you've already talked a little bit about this, but can you really explain what are the key benefits in terms of digital investment?
11: In one sense, from a business owner's point of view, I would say you will make more money. And the reason for that is a number of variables. But the ones that spring to my mind would be people with the right digital skills are able to build new relationships in online spaces uh, very naturally. And, of course, that's fundamental for businesses now because we're we're building online relationships with people all over the world all the time. And that leads to growth opportunities that, that drive our business forward. But there is an also another factor to this, which I don't think is perhaps talked about as often, which is if you've got the right sort of digital skills, you can also save a lot of money. So so, uh, so, uh, so, a person could leave your organization and join a business. And because they've got a very good baseline level of digital skills, they'll be able to add value from day one by maybe finding more efficient ways of doing things, mm-hmm. innovating with technology in new ways, which will increase productivity. But also they'll be able to use online digital skills to find better deals and better opportunities for businesses and people don't often necessarily talk about this aspect of it but um, if you haven't got a baseline level of digital skills you tend to spend a lot more money because you, you can't find those wider opportunities so I think that's a, that's another aspect of this.
1: Okay and then with your wisdom Jamie where can you see all this going in five or ten years' time? You know, if you had a crystal ball in front of you, what should we all be, be praying for?
11: Oh gosh, that's uh, that's a million dollar question, isn't it? Um, whenever anybody asks to me, ask me that, it. yeah, whenever anybody asks me that, I always think of that Yogi Berra quote about it's tough to make predictions, especially about the future. But what I would say is that, and I think in particular, again, I go back to your organisation, Jackie, with this, is that some of the most disruptive and high growth aspects of digital right now relate to artificial intelligence things like vr virtual reality technologies and immersive learning technologies as well as adaptive learning technologies around that and i think data analytics as well and i think one of the things that you obviously have a distinctive reputation for in in, in your organization and what's going on in the wider Plymouth region is around equipping young people with a familiarity with those kind of uh, technologies mm-hmm. and tools. I mean, you've got some very advanced use of AI, uh, artificial intelligence in your organisation. I believe you've all, well, I've, first, I've seen firsthand your VR suite and uh, how you're using virtual reality technologies. That's an amazing facility. And I think that the, the critical thing is to get, the more people get engaged with the facilities that you've got and experience that, the better.
1: Great, great. Well, Paul, I'm going to bring you into this now, okay? because I know that we're doing great things and obviously Jamie has just confirmed that. But actually, we're always looking to innovate and do better. So how can the college meet the digital needs that Jamie's just been alluding to?
10: There's lots of things we can do. I mean, as Jim was saying, people are calling this the fourth industrial revolution because digital's changing the fundamental way that everybody's working. Um, And we're having to deal with that and adapt in the way we train and support our employers. Mm -hmm. And it's essential for all employers. That's from micro SMEs and SMEs through to the larger employers. All will benefit... it's key for us to make sure we can meet the needs of everybody. Uh, And that's one of the things that's really important. Everybody needs to have access to these skills, and it's something that we'll be doing. Two ways of approaching it. First of all, Jamie at the beginning was talking about those essential digital skills to allow companies to make um, profit and also make advantage out of having the key digital skills to be able to um, uh, communicate and, and build better business relationships. All of that we'll provide free. There's a load of, lots and lots of fantastic free digital courses about those basic kind of office um, skills, whether that's through Google or Microsoft, that we can provide to make sure you've got the productivity tools that you can use to drive your business forward. So for all employers out there, I'd say, don't worry about that. That's available. However big you are, come to us. We can make sure you've got those essential skills. And then the second phase of that is about those advanced technical, so the advanced digital skills that employers really, really need. So Jamie quite rightly talked about artificial intelligence, AI, that's going to be a major, major driver. And I think a lot of people are a bit nervous about how they can apply that towards their businesses. Talk to us, we can develop them. We've got courses running to explain what AI is, and we can talk to you about how it can benefit your business. Virtual reality and augmented reality, um, similar things about the immersive environment, how you can actually use that to train your staff in a safe and affordable um, and way. And people think with virtual reality, if you think about it, you're not using resources when you're training. Mm-hmm. You're not having to put people in vulnerable positions because all this risk. You can actually develop that. And I would say to businesses out there, if you've got significant training needs, talk to us. We can develop immersive environments or um, put online immersive environments where you can come in and train that are safe and affordable for your staff. Um, and then data analytics, which is going to be a huge driver mm-hmm. for businesses out there. And one of my personal passions And um, there's lots and lots of fantastic support we can give you, training on how to use data, how to get off the ground and make sure your business benefits from the use of analytics, which is going to drive you forward in terms of making sure you're making the right decisions.
1: Okay, So in a nutshell, for the people that are watching and listening to this today, how do we make our employers' lives better in terms of what we've been talking about, in a nutshell?
10: I would say we'll support them. Will make it easy to understand and digestible sometimes um, the world of technology and digital can seem slightly um overwhelming it doesn't have to be it's actually quite understandable but you just need somebody sometimes to sit with you and go this is how it can work for you and i've been saying to all employers out there don't worry about this this is something that should be a boon to your business and it's going to help you and we as a college our role is to help you maximize the benefits of technology maximize that by giving you the training and the support that you need to take advantage of it.
1: Jamie, can you add anything to that?
11: I would absolutely echo comments from uh, Paul there. And I think for any employers beaming in or listening to this, I would say that from the moment that you start working with an organisation like your college... it will add value to the bottom line and help them to grow and, and prosper. I mean at the end of the day the commercial reality for business owners is the primary thing they've got to do is to make a profit and to grow and to make money and I think they will achieve that faster if they address some of the kind of themes that we've been talking about today and especially engage with the college as a gateway to those skills those essential digital skills it will help them to grow and make more money frankly.
1: Okay I haven't heard either of you talk about the metaverse yet Have you secretly mentioned it without me realizing it, or or ever have you?
11: I have to confess, that's probably for me a bit like Bitcoin. I'm probably going to miss the boat a little bit at the start of that, um, and then later on I might go, ah, should have got involved in that. Um, I think, I think, I think part of it is it's such an abstract concept. A lot of people uh, are trying to interpret what it means. Yeah, but that's the, why I but asked. Bottom, Yeah, but the bottom line is, will we all be living in a more online immersive world in the future? I would say that was absolutely inevitable. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: Quite scary on the one hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Anything to add to that, Paul?
10: No. I mean, we, as, as James said, we are we are looking at developing a kind of resource within a metaverse world, yeah. um, and it's an exciting future. And it will we'll all look slightly different, sat in uh, <laughs> a, 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 a metaverse studio in the future
1: brilliant well it's been great talking to you both thank you for zooming in jamie and um, thank you paul and take care thank you that's great thank you so it's time for a quick cup of tea and we're just going to shift the focus and the conversation a little bit more now and we're going to look at it from a student experience and a student perspective so i'm taking a look at your comments on social media and we'll be back after the break
0: The Big Skills Discovery live from City College Plymouth continues after the break.
1: pool welcoming Paul back into the room with our social media comments.
2: You're enjoying this, aren't you? I'm absolutely
1: in my element. I don't think you're going to get me off this I
2: can tell. I can tell. (laughs) Who who needs Jeremy Paxman or anybody like that? um, Actually, yeah, we have had some really good, very encouraging comments. There's lots of questions. And as we said, we promise to get back to you with any questions on social media and direct. Um, But in terms of comments, Mark Whitehouse matching what what employers need with the programme that the college offers seems key, so it's encouraging to Hear this um, is at the heart of the discussion with Princess Yachts just now. Oh, good. Good. Um, Joe Garner's commented on LinkedIn. Um, She says, so pleased to hear Pippa. Pippa, she was from the NHS earlier, wasn't she? Yes,
1: yes, amazing lady.
2: Pippa mentioned uh, skills and that older older people bring so much talent and enthusiasm to a business. Um, So it's inevitably that you're going to have a multi generational kind of skill set, and that Mm. is really important for a workforce. And together, that can really benefit a business. I I completely agree, completely agree. Uh, Rachel Newman, on Twitter um, is watching starting my Monday morning off watching hashtag big skills discovery live some really interesting work being done our organisations City College Plymouth Plymouth University she represents um, open outwards sorry it's the open awards beg your pardon and uh, she would like to get involved as well so I'm sure we'll get back to her Um, now your next guest
12: yes um,
2: you might not know this but they've actually (laughs) bought um, Louise bring her into the studio Um, (laughs) Louise is here Uh, hi Louise Um, Just to put you... Look at that. Um, They weren't going to bring them in, but I thought this is the ultimate prop. They look amazing, don't they? Um, We basically had some some cakes being brought in. Um, That, I I assume, is from Jacket Bakery. Um, And you're going to be talking to them next, aren't you? But in the meantime, if you've got more questions, comments, feedback um, and ideas, then here's how to get in touch.
0: Join in the big skills discovery. Send us your comments by Twitter at City Plymouth and follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn search for City College Plymouth
1: Well, welcome back and what can I say with this tray full of pastries and how proud am I, Carly, that um, you're an ex-student of ours and delighted for you to be a guest of ours today as the manager of Jacka Bakery, which is a small business in the city of Plymouth. And you've brought your goods with you,
13: so lovely to meet you. And you, nice to meet you. I'm also a current student as well. Right, so what are you studying right now? Um, Hotel and hospital management so i'm a higher education student wow so this is an absolute wonderful
1: example in terms of carly is an ex-alumni of ours and set up her own business she also has an apprentice who comes to the college and in view of our conversation today in terms of commitment to lifelong learning carly you are a lifelong learner (laughs) It would seem so. Yeah, it would yes. Seem. Yeah. Yes. So I have Carly in the room. Welcome. And I'm also delighted to um, have Ben Manning, who is our executive um, in curriculum, student experience from City College Plymouth. Hi, Ben. Hi, nice.
7: Thank you very much.
1: Hi. Live. Lovely to see Thank you. you. So the conversation that we're having today um, is about those skills that sometimes come outside of the qualification because you can provide the best qualification ever and then that's a certificate at the end of it. But actually, the workforce needs communication skills it needs resilience, it needs team building in terms of where the world is at the moment. Health and well-being is so, so important. So we have a commitment in terms of um, producing well-rounded people for the workplace. (laughs) So... Ben, over to you first. What are your view in terms of how these skills need to be embedded in the curriculum?
7: Yeah, I mean, with, with hard and soft skills, I think it's, it's fundamental to, to understand the difference in the sense that hard skills are those specific technical skills, knowledge and abilities that you gain for a specific job role, let's just say. These can be then gained through undertaking technical vocational qualifications and or an apprenticeship. Um, and you can measure these over time so we think of Carly, for example as an employer and as an employee um, and as a student she'll be able to monitor those hard skills that she's gaining throughout that period of time which actually as an employer you want to see that your employees are gaining over a period of time and therefore you're able to master your trade mm. and that's those hard skills The soft skills are very different and they're very much, Jackie, like what you just articulated, which is things like interpersonal skills, Mm -hmm. social awareness, emotional awareness, empathy, timekeeping. And both of these aspects really are as important as each other. How you gain them, we gain of different aspects whilst you're on your journey at the college, as Carly will be gaining right now.
1: Okay, so I'm a strong believer of intelligent curriculums. And what I mean by intelligent curriculums is, you know, you've got the communication aspect that we've talked about. There are the value side of things, which I probably call attitude and behaviours, about having your values within your workforce. And then there's obviously the resilience. Carly, you are just an amazing example of somebody that has come to college at um, a young age, has built up those skills, created their own business, still learning into higher education. Can you explain something about your journey and what you did and how you conquered it and how vitally important it
13: is? I, My journey is basically all stemmed from a passion i absolutely love hospitality i love being in this sector i love being a part of it um and my husband is exactly the same my husband's the head baker it's a small family business um along with his dad as well and my mother-in-law does all the boring stuff the admin (laughs) and pays everybody um but it is all stemmed from a passion, so I've just wanted to always further my knowledge in the sector that I love. OK.
1: And as an employer, yeah. why is this so important to you?
13: It, it's essential. You know, you you stand at the counter every day in the bakery and the first thing the customers see is your face. And if you're standing there you know, on your phone or fidgeting or no eye contact. Your customers don't really have much interest in what you've got to offer. But if, you know, they come in the door, you welcome them with a smile, eye contact, good presentation, they're, they're drawn in. They want to know what you've got to sell them. So those skills are really important.
1: So from your point of view from an employer, how
13: do you teach those skills? It It isn't easy. It isn't mm. because I kind of feel... Like, I have those skills quite naturally. Mm. I I feel quite, um, quite lucky in that sense because I'm quite an empathetic person. So it is really hard to teach somebody to know, you know, when to read a customer, when to know, like, oh, this customer, they'll enjoy a bit of banter this morning or, you know, come on in, look what we've got on sale this week or... You, you also need to know whether the customer is in a hurry. They just want to pay and go. Mm-hmm. You need to have that skill to read that customer. So teaching you know, our apprentice that, it took a little while for her to warm up, but she's, she definitely got there. And I think that's because we actually formed a good relationship ourselves. So because we got so friendly, she felt comfortable enough to open up okay. and learn those skills. Okay. Yeah.
1: So on that note, as I'm trying to listen to what you're saying, and I am listening to what you're saying, the smell in this room <laughs> at the moment and the tempting of ba- of croissants and Danish um, wools and different things on there, the smell is just incredible. I'm nose blind. So if you can't smell I'm that, blind. I'm absolutely feeling hungry now. But anyway, on that note... Ben, how do we embed these um, skills into the curriculum? Because it's obviously really, really important,
11: isn't
7: it? I I agree. I I mean, listening to Carly, I think the most important part, Jackie, is to listen to those pieces and to actually hear the actual tangible examples about someone coming in a shop and actually those interpersonal skills that you need. For us, the most important bit at the college is that we do it in part with the soft skills and the hard skills. So actually, we are developing a, a person's soft skills, those people skills but at the same time developing them in their trade so they can actually Mm interrelate what it is that we're trying to articulate and how we're trying to ensure that we respond to things that Carly's just articulated then but the other part Jackie is that integration and assessment Mm -hmm. so actually undertake project-based assignments and project-based work so You can practice critical thinking or problem solving. You can work with your peers like you might be in a bakery or or in another industry, so you can actually understand why different people communicate in different ways. The other part is we really do ensure we've got real working environments. So if we think about Carly's industry, we have actual kitchens, working kitchens, working restaurants and delis, so that actually they can understand why certain skills are needed and why you need to communicate in certain ways and why certain trades will demand certain skills, whether they're soft or, or the hard skills. I would say one of the most fundamental aspects is also that work experience. Okay.
1: You, know, you mentioned that, Carly, earlier. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
7: hearing Carly then just say about actually how it is in the industry, you can't get better exposure than actually working in that and trialling that Absolutely. practice.
13: Absolutely, Yeah.
7: But also to have Carly to be able to say, look, this needs to improve and why and how we can improve on it and how that's going to ensure that you are around it, as you say, Jackie, employee and that you're professional then in your own right so that you can be very successful. The other aspect is a personal development programme that we run at the college, which really enables you to understand wider societal matters. So it isn't just about the industry. You can then gain as was mentioned about empathy and understanding why people might respond and why people might want certain things cooked in a certain way and why certain people might want to go into certain industries that program really does enable the response to the needs of the employees
3: mm-hmm.
7: so that we're developing those soft skills but at the same time those hard skills which actually hearing this morning really does resonate with what's needed
1: So you hear the words, work-ready, don't you, buzzing around a lot. Carly, what does work-ready mean for you?
13: Work-ready, for me, would be somebody that is ready and that can do a shift without having to have too much guidance. You know, they know what they're doing in their job. So to me, that's work-ready. So that they don't need to be almost like babysat throughout their shift. Mm -hmm. That's work-ready. So... um, my apprentice, Freya, she built her skills and then I was, like, alongside me, and then I was lucky enough to have a trip with the college to Italy. So oh. I wasn't there for two weeks. Yeah. So by that time, I had built up Freya's confidence and her knowledge so that she was able to be left to her responsibilities in the kitchen by herself for two weeks, and she did amazingly well. And I think it's it's all... A learning curve, all mm. of it, and it's it's just so important. And
1: having that opportunity, yeah. you know, without having to think about it because you weren't there to be asked exactly, anyway. Yeah, I just
13: got the got odd her. text like, <laughs> <laughs> or the odd picture. Like, do yeah. these cakes look nice? Yeah, and I was like, you are doing amazingly. They look fantastic. Get Brilliant. them in the shop. Well done. Oh. And it's it's the praise. Yeah, and you know, students thrive on praise because. Yeah. It's, you know, in our heads, it's like, oh, my God, am I doing OK? And especially at my age, 34, <laughs> back, to, back to school almost. And, you know, it is it is hard. But it goes back to that lifelong learning, it does, doesn't yeah. it, at the end of the day? Yeah. And,
1: you know, there's nothing more empowering, is there, than praise. And independently, Absolutely. You, you've you done the job as yeah. your role model praise can is, do. Praise is massive. Yeah. I think, I think really
13: Jackie, that,
7: that example about Italy is another example, though, isn't it? Yeah. With, you know, part of our Turing scheme... Carly was able to go to Italy for two weeks to actually enhance her craft, those hard skills and soft skills even further. It was
13: was incredible. I was really, really fortunate. Because I've got two children as well. So to be able to go to Italy, know that my children were safe, looked after, the business was running smoothly. So Freya helped massively in order for me to go to Italy. So she was brilliant. You know,
1: that is amazing. And that just proves that lifelong Mm. learning changes lives. To come to college at 16, train in your vocation, to be entrepreneurial, to set up your own business, to go back to education, to do higher education, and then to employ an apprentice to be like you and be their role model it doesn't yeah. get any better than that, does no, it? I'd love to teach next. Well, <laughs> watch this space. So um, a conversation with Ben, and I'm sure that will be, that <laughs> will be taken Definitely. forward. Um, and that's music to my ears. And, you know, thank you for that. And thank you, You're Carly. Welcome. Thanks for having me. S- thank you. So if you are an alumni watching and, you know, listening to Carly's story and listening to Ben's wisdom, please get in touch on hashtag big skills discovery live because we'd be really interested in your feedback as well and we're going to take our final break now so join us after the break
0: for more information about the big skills discovery visit cityplim.ac.uk or scan the qr code on your screen right now
1: Right, welcome back everybody, I am delighted to invite Tiff from the college into the room and Ben Manning is still here, but um, to to finish off today, how about something even more exciting than this here, my careers journey? which has got a few names at the moment in terms of it started off with um, an educational route map. But from the point of view of Tiff's wisdom and expertise, when she's going into schools, my career journey is the absolute right language for um, the audience who are going through um, the career journey. Now, this is extra special for me, really. And this has been an ambition of mine all my life to create a journey or a map from primary school right through to HE with a flight path into training, upskilling, whatever age you are. And this all started off from a conversation with myself and Sir Gary Streeter, MP, about um, what we can do for our city to develop people to their full potential. And we have Tiff and Ben in the room who are going to talk us through how it happened, what its purpose is, and where we are now
12: with it. So, Tiff, over to you. Can you get us started? Yeah, of course. As you said, Jackie Riley, so uh, it really did start with those kind of initial conversations. And I came in kind of at the earliest of stages, really. Isn't that right, Ben? Yeah. And we started really on a research level. So we were trying to create something really quite special and different. I know we're going to talk about, you know, really what it is um, in a moment. But it was kind of working out what is it that we need in this city that's going to really make a difference and make an impact in people's lives. Isn't that right, Ben? Yeah,
7: we we, we kind of also, you know, really reflect on the fact that this concept was created in Plymouth for Plymouth originally. Um, we've really looked at the educational establishments. There are a lot of them in the city. Um, we know that Key Stage four results are below national average, and therefore attainment and progress. So we really had a focal point that this really does need to improve for all people within the city. And and one of those pieces then was to really reflect and look at vocational technical qualifications and how that can address the UK skills gaps in line with my career journey. So we have then. Mainly Tiff has <laughs> done a lot of re- done a lot of research in the city, but wider afield with other colleagues to actually say what does that look like yeah. in the city? What does careers advice look like and the skills opportunity in the education piece? And then we've set about working with a significant amount of stakeholders. To pull together what you showed briefly so we worked with employers had teachers people in education of all ages careers advisors and then really what that gave us was a kind of intel about what employers need and what do they want and what do also other people that join education want
1: this is so creative it is so innovative it is so different so tiff tell us why this is different this isn't just one of your bog standard <laughs> leaflets on a shelf is it, this Far like from Ben it, said <laughs> will change people's lives
12: Yeah, I think as, we, as Ben approached then as well Jackie, it's a case of this was developed from having those direct conversations with the people within the city those who live, work, study, reside here so anybody from parents themselves mm. you know, i definitely thought about this myself through this process, students employers, careers professional educational professionals, to kind of establish, well, what is it now the idea of this piece the career journey and what makes it so special is it's underpinned by some key concepts and these concepts have not been approached as far as i'm aware and through my very thorough research mm-hmm. um, i haven't seen anything like this before there are some fantastic tools out there um, but this has not been done yet and particularly the other aspects of my career journey have not been done yet which makes this unique and i am um, feel proud to say it's a unique piece of work beautiful so what we really think about is the whole person approach. So we look at key concepts of who am I and what happens next. And these are kind of mirage together to be able to think about that decision-making process. I know um, we kind of sit here you know, on a daily basis, we're all thinking, rightly, Ben, we've probably made some decisions on our way to work this morning um, that kind of make us think about the choices we make moving forward. And that is why my career journey is so special. It's built on reflective questions. These reflective questions were created by the people of the city, actually, Mm -hmm. because that was where the research really started to develop. So it's not just that logistical signposting, Jackie, which I think is why this is so special. Mm -hmm. It's the other side of it as well. It's that whole person approach, which, as I know we've mentioned, we are living in such a climate Mm -hmm. of change and challenge that this has never been so necessary. OK, so Ben's already alluded
1: to the attainment in Plymouth and the wider Devon area. So how is this career journey going to support schools and what have we been doing?
12: I think, in all honesty, as this project has unfolded, it's become even clearer why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. I think our city and the people of our city, we're not, you know, we don't know about what we have, we have to offer as people and what the city has to offer. That became uh, really apparent recently, actually, uh, when I completed some pilot workshops within our amazing schools in the city, from different areas within the city. And some just simple, simple data analysis showed that actually from just that interaction with my career journey, 8% at the beginning of their workshop with my career journey knew about what an employer was, or what employers in the city, what were there. Come the end, 100% yeah. knew. That was a single interaction with this product. Other things like their knowledge of their own skills and abilities doubled in that process and information on gender stereotyping went from 85%. They didn't understand what that is. And we're talking about Year 7 students. So this is already having impact? Yes, already making an impact.
7: I, I think as well, Jackie, it's that moral obligation piece where we have a moral obligation to support the young people in the schools mm-hmm. and to ensure that there's a platform there for them to actually engage with. But it's also a platform that... They feel they can engage with which the pilot is really evidenced that and the positive feedback Jackie from assistant head teachers and head teachers about how they're going to then embed this within their school Mm programmes. It's been really beneficial.
1: Brilliant. This is absolutely groundbreaking. Absolutely groundbreaking. Thank you both. The career journey is just an exciting route map that provides an exciting journey to enable all of our community to reach their full potential. So watch this space, everybody, for um, future developments. But meanwhile, this is how you can find out more information.
10: For
0: more information about the Big Skills Discovery, visit cityplim.ac.uk or scan the QR code on your screen right now.
1: Well, that brings us to the end of the Big Skills Discovery Live. And, you know, we started the programme by, you know, talking about the challenges facing Plymouth right now and the need to address the skills gap and to drive economic growth and the need for a revised approach to FE funding to support this. So I know this is gonna inspire all employers out there and um, we want to consider how training can help you meet the needs of the skills gap. But please take a moment to complete the survey of the big skills discovery. And um, we would like to revisit any of today's comments and share it with colleagues. This podcast will remain available on our social media channels for you to watch again. And finally, thank you to Tiff, Ben and all of our guests today. And thank you so, so much to the Devon and Plymouth Chamber of Commerce for all your support as ever for this programme. So thank you so much for watching today and thank you for all your comments on social media. Thanks for watching. Bye for now.